Blessed be your name forever, Lord. Your mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. God's good. And uh, yeah, so if you did, did know all of our uh, hyphen age and some of the youth are on a trip and so um, they're coming back today. That's where a lot of these empty seats are from. And then we have some of their own vacation and it's getting that time of year, spring break, different things. So be all right. We're going to have a good time anyway. God's good. Uh, today we'll continue. We're up to chapter 10 in our our book on walking this gravel road to heaven. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn or follow on the screen, Romans chapter 1 and verse 8. Paul writing to the church at Rome, to the saints, to those that have been walking this walk for a while. He says, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. I'm thankful for every one of you. And this is why. He says that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Paul said, it doesn't matter where I go, I hear about what y'all are doing. No matter where I'm at, somebody says, hey, have you heard about that church in Rome? This is what they're doing. And so he's, he's commending the saints on their faithfulness and letting them know that uh, you're here and this is all you can see. Yet, your faith has broke through into other parts of the world. It doesn't matter where I go that someone has told me about something that is happening in this church at Rome. And, and uh, that's the way our faith is. Is that we're in our own place, in our own world, but you have no idea how your faith is reaching and touching other people. How you sow a seed in somebody's life and they carry it to another state or to another country and then there you go. And so today we're going to talk about uh, on this thought, keep on keeping on. The, the subtitle is The Power of Consistency. I talked about this in our leadership meeting a little bit about consistency and, and so this is what our lesson's on today, to keep on keeping on. Let's pray for our lesson today. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. God, and all that you do for us today, we just praise you. And Lord, we're thankful that you called us into this walk to this way of life. And Lord, I pray today that we'll just be encouraged to keep on keeping on, that we won't give up, throw in the towel. Lord, that we'll just be faithful to what you've called us to, and we're going to see the benefits and the reward of it. We believe that today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now give him one more hand clap of shout of praise. Hallelujah. God is good. I'm thankful for him today. You can be seated. Such an amazing verse of scripture that you can just pull so much out of it that I thought about that, how that you know, wherever you go, what you're doing is impacting somebody somewhere. And uh, you're going to hear about it. And I, I remember it reminded me of a story years ago. Uh, Brother Everhart told that he, because he evangelized some preach, they used to preach, you know, brush arbors and tent meetings and things. And it'd be people come from everywhere. You didn't know hardly anybody that was there. Um, it'd be so many people. And he said he was listening to a radio station. It was a, like an AM station and had several preaching people on there come on back to back, you know, so he was listening to them, and 
And this guy came on and he was talking about a few things and he said, and X amount of years ago, he said, I received the, the Holy Ghost in a tent revival. Brother Grady Everhart was preaching, you know. And uh, here's this guy now. He's, uh, you know, preaching the gospel and got his own radio program and doing his things. And, you know, you, you wonder, you know, is what I'm doing or what I've done, has it made a difference or an impact anywhere? That's uh, something that we, we could all wonder about, especially when you're in leadership, which I mentioned the other night, but it's for anybody. You, know, you, you go through times and things where it seems like life is in such a way that you wonder, is it, does it matter what I'm doing at all? It seems like the world's falling apart around me. Is it, is it worth staying faithful? Uh, yes, it is. I'll say it is. There's a story I want to read that goes along with this lesson, and, and sometimes I stay away from these, but I, I thought this one was good uh, just because... Uh, Two things. One, I, I like war stories, and uh, it just—it's a—it's really a good um, example of consistency. It says, toward the end of World War II, a B-17 flying fortress—that's a plane—was uh, flying a bombing raid over Germany when it was rocked by a sudden jolt. The bomber had taken a direct hit from enemy anti-aircraft guns on the ground, and the crew braced for the worst. A sudden burst of flames followed quickly by death. But in his book, The Fall of the Fortress, Elmer Bendiner recounts how even though several of the shells pierced the fuel tank, the plane was able to land without breaking apart or exploding in the air. When an inspection was conducted, it was discovered that several of the 20-millimeter shells remained intact, still embedded in the fuselage, and they wondered why these shells had not exploded. After they were carefully removed, the mystery was solved. The shells were empty. They had no explosives inside, and they wondered how this could happen. The final mystery was solved when upon opening one of the shells, a handwritten note was found written in the Czech language. And it said this, This is all we can do for now. A courageous freedom fighter in the Czech underground had infiltrated a German munitions factory and made sure that the shells were produced without explosives. In his book, Simple Faith, author Chuck Swindoll commented on the story. That same person may have died wondering if the quiet work he was doing to subvert the enemy war machine would ever make any difference to the outcome of the war. Nevertheless, he pressed on doing what little he could each day, letting the future take care of itself, and indeed it did. There was a flying fortress crew who had him to thank for their lives and their future. And so imagine the tension that must have been a part of the lives of the Czech underground fighters. At any second, they could have been discovered and put to death. Each day they dug deep, found a reservoir of courage and faith that allowed them to act without knowing how things would end. And every day they wondered, are we making a difference and every day they showed up believing that they were. So it's something to be said for consistency, uh, for faithfulness to, to hanging on to what you believe and doing, even when you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And that is this, this walk with God. It, it's, it's about faith. We talk about we've, it's going to be said over and over in this. We're talking about walking the gravel road to heaven we're talking about walking by faith, not by sight. And so walking with God is about faith. But here's the thing about faith. Faith is not some kind of sweet little cuddly bunny 
that uh, you know it's that you just hold and, and nestle with it. Faith is not passive. No, 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 no. Faith is not. Uh, it's not uh, easy. Even faith is not easy. Faith. Uh, you could spell faith with these letters R I S K. Risk, because faith uh, is about risk. Faith will lead you to step out of the safety of a boat onto the stormy sea. Yeah, just talk to Peter about it. Faith will get you to take uh, what you love and value the most and, and walk three days and, and lay it on the altar of sacrifice because uh, you trust God. You'll risk everything for faith. Walking with God is a faith walk. It's not a cakewalk. It's, uh, it, you've got to walk by and, and it's going to cause you to risk some things in your life. If you're not ready to risk something, uh, you're not going to get nothing. You know, the, the, the words, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. They had to walk by faith. That was their first step of faith. They, well, they dropped the nets and they start walking. That's their first acts of faith. And it's a risk. I'm walking away from my family. I'm walking away from my business and I'm following this man. And it's just, it's on faith. It wasn't just a feeling. It was on faith that, the, that he was who he said he was. There was something about them that, that caused it. His words produced faith in their life and they risked it all just to follow him. And so uh, in this walk of faith, there will be many moments when you will not understand or even realize the full impact of what you're doing. You don't see years down the road like God sees. You don't, you don't understand. It's like when you throw a rock into the pond and, and, and there's that splash, but then there's the ripples that, that keep going and keep going and keep going. And, you know, it could be something that's way out on the water that's just sitting still, and that last ripple is what moves it. It wasn't the first one. It was that, that last one. The, uh, you, you make the splash. And then, like he said, these Czech people, they, would, they were doing what they could do, and they just let the future take care of itself. This is all we can do for now. God will not ask you to do uh, anything that you are not capable of doing. But whatsoever we find to do with our hands, we should be doing it with all of our might, realizing that every, even the smallest of things that we do for the kingdom matter in a big way. If faith as the grain of a mustard seed can move mountains, imagine what it does when it's planted. Imagine what it does when it's watered. Imagine what it does when it's cared for. You know, we, we talk about having, having that, that measure so that we can move mountains, but what if you take the seed and you plant it? That's where you get the stuff from. You know, you, you can hold on to a seed and never plant it, and it doesn't do anything. Oh, I know what it is. I, I see it in your hand, but, but you got to plant it, and that's risk. Every time you lay hands on somebody to pray for them, you're risking something. Every time you stand up to preach, you're risking something. Every time you walk out the door saying, I'm going to live for God today, well, you're risking something. And that's all right. That's the way faith is for us. And so uh, you may not see everything that uh, your faith is working right now. You may not understand it, and, and God hasn't let you see yet, but that doesn't mean it's not there. And see, we... The problem is that we think that our walk with God is simply for ourselves, and it's not. 
our, our, our walk for God is also for others. Uh, so many times in Scripture, you see God mention things like this. In, in Ezekiel 36, he's talking about uh, taking out the stony heart, putting in the heart of flesh, and uh, clean, cleaning uh, his people and putting his spirit within them. And, and he starts relating it to rebuilding waste places. And he says, and once I've done this, he says, then all those that are around will see and they'll know that the Lord builds the waste places. He said, so when he fixes your life, he didn't fix it up for you to just shut in and not uh, ever do it. He, he, he fixed you so people could see you. He fixed you so people could see what God can do. And, and so this walk with God is never just about ourselves. It's about what he did in us and what he's doing for us. Scripture brings it to us over and over. We read in Matthew chapter 26, there's a woman who comes in to, to see Jesus and she brings a very expensive alabaster box of ointment and she breaks it open and she's anointing his feet and wiping her, his feet with her hair and, and everybody's all upset over this. You know, why, why is this great waste made? and Why is this happening? And, uh, but look what Jesus says about her. He said, I say unto you that wherever this gospel will be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. She only knew what she was doing then and there. She was going to just honor him there. She was just going to anoint him there. She was just going for her miracle right there. But the Lord said, it won't stop here. It'll be anywhere the gospel is preached. Uh, it's going to be uh, you know, told for, about her and it's going to be a memorial for what she's done. And even a verse prior to that, the Lord said, leave her alone. See, she didn't know, even know this. The Lord gives them a revelation. He said, she has done this for my burial. I'm going to be uh, killed in a few days, and she's done this for my burial. She has no idea that. She's coming in. She loves the Lord. She's honoring the Lord. She don't know, well, he's going to die, and I, I know they're going to bury him, so I'm going to go ahead. She don't know this. And that's the whole thing. She risked what was so uh, valuable. That's why people were so amazed. Oh, why was this great waste made to just pour this? Number one, you're giving it to the Lord. It's never wasted. It's never wasted. No matter what you've got, if you give it to God, it's never wasted. And, and so that, that should have been first in their mind. But, but it didn't matter to her. She said, I will risk this. Because uh, it means that much to me. And she has no idea. Maybe she, I don't know how it works. I don't know if all these saints get to look down and say, wow, they're talking about me today. I don't know. But if, wherever she's at, her memorial is being realized again today. Because uh, here I am. And I'm sure that around this world, somebody else today in some church is mentioning this lady. Because the gospel's being preached somewhere. And I guarantee you, somebody is mentioning this because we're about to come into the season of when he was crucified, his death. And so I'm sure that this memorial is going up once again. You see, she doesn't know this. And, and she just, she gets up, she leaves, she goes, she's done what she's going to do. She has no idea that thousands of years later, people will be preaching about her story and people will be inspired by her story and people will realize I can uh, break open what's precious and give it to God. They, they, she has no idea the thousands upon thousands that she has inspired through her story. We could see it through the scripture. You know, the woman 
with the issue of blood. How she pressed through the crowd just so she could touch him and and, and uh, how many people's lives, you know, she, how, how many people have been healed because of her healing? How many people have, you know, when people preached, don't give up, just keep pressing through, have realized I'm going to hang on another day because they heard how she pressed through the crowd? And, and uh, how many people have been inspired just because this woman said, I'm not going to stop till I touch the hem of his garment. We could talk about the man who was born blind from birth, how the, the Lord said he was born blind so that the glory of God could be known. And, and uh, so he lived years and years in darkness until his eyes were opened. But he, he lived those years, realizing, uh, all of a sudden he realizes, man, look what uh, God can do. Because he said, if this man were not of God, he can do nothing. And so uh, he, he lives those years. And we're inspired by his story. He was born blind so you and I could be inspired by what Jesus can do. Zacchaeus in a tree. He climbs a tree. He has no idea he's going to be in the Gospels, the eternal word. He's there just for climbing a tree. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Elizabeth, the mother of John. John the Baptist. The Bible says he was the voice of one. Oh, How many times do you think as he sat by himself in the wilderness when the crowds dispersed for the day and he was left by himself, how many times do you think he wondered, is it making a difference? Is anybody listening? Does anybody believe me? One day he was justified when he pointed and said, behold the Lamb of God. He preached about him until he finally saw him and said, here comes the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John wondered, is what I'm doing? You know, are you the Christ or do we look for another? It's what I'm doing, does it matter? And then you think, even into the book of Acts, Stephen, he preaches one message and he's killed. He preached one message. He's waiting tables, but the Bible says he was full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost and he's preaching about Christ and that one message just just stirred people up and, and today it's written and we preached about Stephen standing and preaching and believing God and looking up into heaven where we get to see and read about his revelation calling on God saying Jesus receive my spirit it's all because they stayed faithful every message you know, these people are being preached about all around the world today everywhere did their lives did their stories did their sacrifices did it matter you know, some of us might have say, you know, it was, a, it was a message about that woman that got me to the altar one time. It was a message about Zacchaeus that, that got me to the altar one time. It was a message about these faithful people that got me to the altar one time. That's what it was. I heard that story. It changed my life forever. The Lord let his disciple, he was praying. He let us know, John 17 and 21, while he was praying for his disciples, he said, neither... Pray I for these alone. I'm not just praying for the 12 uh, that, or, that have followed me. He said, but I'm also praying for them which shall believe on me through their word. Not through my word. He said, I'm praying for the ones that will believe. They're going to believe in me because of them. They're going to tell their story. 
Hey, how many times did Peter tell the story of walking on water and beginning to sink and, and God pulling him back up? How many times did Peter say and tell it through tears, I denied the Lord three times and yet he still poured his mercy out on me. And, and he said, the Lord says, well, I'm praying because it's what they're doing. They're not going to keep it in. People will believe on me because of their word. Listen, your story your walk, it matters. And it is meant to touch lives and to be a witness. Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth. So in the, in the word of consistency, don't lose your saltiness. Not in a bad way, not in the way people use it today. I'm talking about don't lose your preserving power. Don't lose your influence. You are the salt of the earth. Hey, the Bible, yeah, hey, you know that salt, that, that salt uh, advertisement, when it rains, it pours, and it's talking about salt. That's how it ought to be in our life. We need to let that salt rain down, pour down, just take the lid off of it and pour it out. Just let that salt pour out. And then he said, and you are the light of the world. Don't stop shining. Whether you feel like you're a spotlight or just a candle, don't stop shining. It makes a difference. Hey, let me tell you, in a dark room, you don't, you sure, maybe you'd like a flashlight or a spotlight, but you'll, you'll take a candle. Anything to drive away the darkness. Don't think that if you feel like, well, I'm just a little old matchstick, that's fine. I'm just a little candle, that's fine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Just let that light shine before all men. Be consistent every day. We must keep on keeping on. It makes a difference. Be consistent because the day that you take off, may be the day somebody needed what you've got. Well, that's a sobering thought. Oh, the day that I said I'm just going to lay in the bed, the day I said I've, I'm just not doing it anymore, that's the day you run into somebody or you were supposed to be there to, to have that divine appointment, but you were not there. I don't want to be held accountable for missed appointments because I decided I, I couldn't stay faithful, so I took a day off. Faith has always been the difference maker. Always has been. We, we, we're not just walking under our own steam. We're walking under faith in God. And friend, when you walk in faith in God, you're pleasing to God. And when, man, when you're pleasing God, things are going to happen. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 7. Just... Uh, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and, because, and became the heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So by faith, Noah. If you, if you break it down, Noah, depending on the age of his sons when they were married, there's, there's different formulas. I've studied it uh, several times. Anywhere he spent building. He did not build for 120 years. 120 years was the time that God gave for flesh to live on earth, and then it was going to be wiped out. So probably anywhere from 55 to 75 years, Noah worked on the ark. Was it worth it, Noah? Long days, hard work, mocked by everybody around you, nobody else joining in. And then only eight souls saved. 
Oh, Noah, 55 years, 75 years of back-breaking labor, of, of not even hearing from God again, just doing what you were doing, and, and then only eight souls? Was it worth it? Let me tell you, when he heard the water splashing against that door that the Lord closed, he said, it was worth it. It was worth it. He had no idea how his sons and, and him, his sons, how they would fall in, in time and in lineage and different things. But he knew, I've just got to do what God said to do. And there were days when it was hard. There were days when he was weary. There was days when he was frustrated. I'm sure days when he was discouraged. But friend, he kept on building because he knew God was faithful. And I've got to be consistent. I've got to do what God said to do. I can't afford to lay back now. And if the Lord is true, and you know he is, he said in these days it would be like it was in the days of Noah. Well, if I want to survive, I better get like Noah. I better be ready to do everything that the Lord has said to do and not take a day off. I need to make sure that I am laboring because one day the door is going to shut and I don't want to be found on the wrong side of the door. But for in your consistency... It means something. It works. It helps people. It helps others. It's not just for you. Sure, it's for you. But it's not just for you. It's for those around you. It's for those that live under your household. It's for those that you work with, that you go to school with. And oh, It breaks my heart to see people turn away from God and, and walk away. Not just go off into sin, but then turn around and bash uh, the way that they proclaimed and the things they loved because you know what it tells me and he tells others they didn't have nothing at all how could they have said they loved that so much and then turn around and talk so ugly about it they never had it they never had it at all uh, for, had a form of godliness denying the power thereof they, they never had it that's the only thing I can figure in my mind you, you can't say I love this and, and this is everything to me and then turn around and say it don't mean nothing and all the people that were leaning toward what you had leaned back. Whew, glad I didn't jump that way because if they're not going to stick with it after they stuck with it for so long, must not be nothing to it at all. Stick with what God gave you. Be consistent in your walk with God. Listen, here's some things that will help you in this. Number one, understand. You get to get an understanding the power of doing the right thing over a long period of time. Oh, we've got to get out of this God's got to do it now uh, kind of mentality. And we need to get to where we understand there's power in doing the right thing over a long period of time. 75 years of ark building, that's a long time. That's a long time. We, we need to also believe that placing God's kingdom first, that you will reap the reward later. Not maybe, but you will reap the reward later. And then, here's a big one. You must learn to refuse to place a time limit on your prayers. You've got to pray and then leave it with God. It can't, can't, you can't be putting time limits on God. And, and if you'll just, you know, you're going to be like those guys stuffing notes in those shells. 
Here's the note. Now the future will take care of itself. I've given it to God. I've prayed about it. I've surrendered it. And now I'm just going to get busy doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. And then when the answer comes, I'll be so happy about it. And then continue to pray when it seems that your prayers bear no fruit. Nobody throws a seed in the ground and poof. This ain't Jack and the Beanstalk. It don't come up overnight. That thing don't grow up to heaven overnight. You'll throw that seed in the ground and you could watch that ground for days before you see that first little sprig of green come twisting up out of that earth. And, and, it didn't, and even then it's fragile and it's tender and it's got to be cared for. It. And before it grows up and becomes anything, and I love corn. You love corn? I love corn. You ever seen uh, what corn shoots look like when they first come out of the ground? Ain't nothing there. Most people would just think it's a weed and pull it up if you didn't know what it was. But you let it grow. Get on up here and got about 8 or 10, 12 maybe uh, ears of corn on it, man. You're like, whew. But if I had pulled it up too early, I said, I'm about to make me some corn. You, you got a... What you got? You got a, a pot full of uh, grass is what you got. They don't corn in that. You got to let it grow. And consistency and consistent faith is what will make that come to pass. You got to just keep on keeping on. You got to. And that's, a, you know, we talked about taking risk and, and how things were. And that's the whole uh, the, the chapter of the book of uh, Hebrews 11. Uh, that's faith. This now the writer says in Hebrews 11 and 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of not himself. He says of Gideon and Barak and Samson, Jephthah, David also, Samuel and of the prophets. And these are things and people that he's heard about all his life. And he says, and these people through faith, they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. But you know why? Because they were consistent and they had consistent faith. You know what? They had failures, but they never lost faith. David had shortcomings, but he never lost faith. Abraham, uh, uh, Isaac, they had shortcomings, but they never lost faith. And so through faith, they continued to, to uh, stop the mouth of lions, quench the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight. They turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mocking scourgings. Moreover, bonds, imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn asunder, tempted, slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, afflicted, tormented, and the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts, mountains, dens, caves of the earth. That's what they did. That's your great cloud of witnesses that, that 12 and 1 says, seeing also we're also compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. That's who, you know why there's that cloud? Because people were consistent. And it didn't matter if they were in the den of lions or in the fiery furnace or being nailed to a tree or to a burning stake or being uh, whipped or beat. It didn't matter. They were consistent in their faith. 
And now, seeing we're compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He keeps saying us, 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 because we have a job to do now. We have a responsibility now. We are surrounded even today by the stories of consistent and faithful people. So let that inspire us to lay aside the things that make us inconsistent, that rob us of our ministries and rob us of our stories. And now let's run this race with patience. You know what patience is? That's consistency. That means you're there. You're not going anywhere. You're going to make sure you, you stick it out. And then verse 2, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, if you could ask anybody, was it worth it, Jesus? Was it worth it for those three or three and a half years that you walked openly to be despised and rejected and, and mocked and, and plotted against? Was it worth it to be arrested and, and humiliated and beaten and, and tortured? And, and was it worth all the suffering that you went through? Was it worth it? He could have stopped it. He said, I could call angels now and they would fight for me. They would deliver me, but, but I'm going to keep going because of the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Uh, let me tell you, the, the, the cross was not the joy. It was on the other side of the cross. So between you and your joy, you just realize there's going to be some sacrifice. There's going to be some risk taken, but it will be worth it. I'm sure... When the Lord was looking down, as Peter stood up among that 120 and among that crowd that was gathering as people were speaking in other tongues, and he began to preach that message, and he, he's preaching from the, the Psalms, and he's preaching from Joel, and he's, he's preaching about Christ, and he, he's bringing it all home. And I'm sure the Lord's thinking, yeah, it was worth it because the one who denied me, the one who rebuked me, just got through preaching a message, and 3,000 souls were added. Because he has, Peter has no idea now uh, maybe how many people went out from that and more people were saved. More people were brought to the church. God was adding to the church daily such as should be saved. But it started with this man standing up and preaching. He had every reason to walk away. I've shamed the Lord. I've, I've made mistakes. I've done awful things. I, I like Brother JT's message Wednesday night. It, God turned his mess into a message. And he took this man who, who had, had struggles with his faith the whole time he was walking with Jesus, he would lose his temper. He's cutting people's ears off. He's rebuking the Lord. He denies God. He lies saying, I will never deny you. And then he does do it. And he's got every reason to say, I've just messed up. I've blown it. But instead, he just accepted God's mercy and his grace and said, God still loves me. And, and I, still, I still hear them keys jangling in my pocket. I've still got the keys. And he stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached a message that turned the world upside down. I'm sure Jesus would say, yes, yeah, worth it, because that's what happens when people trust me and stay consistent. They get past their failures. Uh, I told my wife this the other day, and, and maybe this would uh, stand for Peter too. I'm sure Peter never forgot his mistakes. But, you know, just because you remember it doesn't mean you haven't conquered it. You will never forget those things, but it doesn't mean that, you, that you're still lost in it. 
uh, when, when, just because you remember it doesn't mean you haven't conquered it, that you haven't beat it. And Peter, guess what? He, he beat it. Oh, there, were people, there, there could be some jerk somewhere that would say, oh, you're the guy that denied Jesus three times. Ask me. I did. All but for his mercy and his grace. And, and I'm still going, and guess what? I'm still going to walk over and preach. So what you said don't mean nothing. Don't let anything stop you from the consistency that you have with God. Listen, walking, here, here's something. Walking with God means remaining faithful to your calling even when you're unaware of what the results may be. I'm going to be faithful even though I don't know what will come of this. Hey, listen, Joseph was given dreams as a child. And Joseph had a gift from God to interpret dreams. And, and while Joseph finds himself in a prison, in a place where out of his own mouth, he said, I don't want to be here. Get me out of this place. He, he didn't want to be there, but he was there. Joseph interpreted dreams while his dreams were yet unfulfilled. Don't stop doing what you were called to do while you're waiting and while other people's dreams are coming true. Be their cheerleader, be their friend, and just realize, hey, they waited just like you're waiting. And your time's coming. God has not forgotten you. He didn't forget Joseph because when it was time, it said they brought him up hastily to see the king and he was promoted immediately and, and made second in command. And, he, and it was four. It, he even told his brothers, he said, you didn't realize it. He said, you thought you was doing this for evil, but God meant it for good to save many souls alive. This is why I had to go. This is why I had to go into the pit. This is why I had to be lied on and cast in prison. This is why I had to sit there and wait. I had to wait till it was time. And so, listen, while you're waiting for your stuff to come to pass, just keep doing what you know to do. Also, we must also remain faithful when disaster strikes. Job. You know, later in the New Testament, you hear, I believe Paul wrote, he said, you have heard of the patience of Job. They're still talking about him. Hundreds of years later, they were still talking about, man, what Job, probably more real to them than it is even to us. Man, what Job went through. He lost all his possessions. His children were killed and destroyed and, and he, he, he just fell down and said the Lord gave and the Lord took away and blessed be the name of the Lord and, and he worshiped God sitting in the dust and in the ashes and with bowls on his body. He said I won't let go of my integrity. I'm going to keep on this. If it got me here it's going to get me there. Hello. If it got you to this point, it won't abandon you. It'll take you all the way. Your faith won't abandon you. It'll take you all the way. We don't always know what is transpiring in the spirit realm and in the invisible. We have no idea. Only, you've heard older saints and people say this, only eternity will be able to tell the impact of us being faithful to God, what it 
has accomplished. There's no way for you to know how a word you spoke one time to somebody, how it just went like a seed planted in their heart. And, and one day, years later, they remember uh, a young person on campus told me they would pray for me and that God loved me. And I've got, so I'm going to see, I'm going to search that out. And, and, and before you know it, they're preaching somewhere and reaching somewhere. And it was just a seed you planted. times that you spend in prayer are doing much more than you know. Your service in your local church, it cannot be measured in dollars and cents. It is your consistency. It makes a difference. Teaching. How, how, how do kids, what do they think when their teachers here one week, out one week? Here one week, out two weeks? That's not consistency. Preaching. What if your pastor he only shows up once a month? I mean, what would y'all think about me? You probably wouldn't call me pastor. But you're, you're, you're singing. You're praying. Uh, just showing up. It matters. Shaking hands with somebody. Patting someone on the back. A word of faith and a word of friendship. It might be what keeps one from walking away. You think, oh, you know, well, what do you do at your church? You know what, what one of the best answers is? I show up. You know one of the best answers when somebody says, hey, what do you do at your church? I show up. What's that mean? That means I'm here for anything. I'm here to pray for people. I'm here to hug their neck. I'm here to talk to them. I'm here to get them a tissue. I'm here to show them where the bathroom is. I'm here to get them a bottle of water. I'm here for whatever they need. That is the absolute best answer you can ever give anybody when they ask you, what do you do at your church? I show up. Because you never know when it might just be that hug around the neck, that, hey, I love you, that makes the difference. I know I'm getting close to my time. I read this in the meeting the other night. I want to read it. It's a good exa another example of consistency. This is a page from the journal of John Wesley. It says, on Sunday morning, May 5th, I preached in St. Anne's, and I was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday evening, May 5th, I preached at St. John's, and the deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday morning, May the 12th, I preached at St. Jude's, and I can't go back there either. Sunday evening, May 12th, I preached at St. George, got kicked out again. Sunday morning, May 19th, I preached at St. Somebody, somebody Else's, and the deacons called a special meeting and said I could not return. Sunday evening, May 19th, I preached on the street, got kicked off the street. Sunday morning, May 26th, I preached out in a meadow, I was chased out of the meadow when a bull was turned loose during the service. Sunday morning, June the 2nd, I preached out at the edge of town and I was kicked off the highway. Sunday evening, June the 2nd, an afternoon service, I preached in the pasture and 10,000 people came. Oh, how many people would have said, that's it, no more bulls. You know, 
How many people would have just quit, kicked out of here, kicked out of there, don't come back here, we don't want you here, we don't want you there, what you do, but, but just keep, 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 keep going. Just keep preaching. Just keep singing. Just keep living it. Just be consistent. Just keep doing what you're supposed to do because one day uh, you're going to find a pasture full of 10,000 people. One day you're going to find that, that the Bible says your gift will make room for you. One day the door is going to open up uh, and you're going to see uh, why God brought you the way he brought you. You're going to understand why you went through what you went through and it's going to be to help somebody. If we, one of the most risky titles we can have is vessel of the Lord. I'm a vessel of the Lord. Well, if I'm a vessel of the Lord, that means I'm his vessel. And that means he gets to use that vessel however he chooses. Why did they have to get sick? Because they're a vessel. Why did he have to be born blind? Because he was a vessel. Why did he have to lose his children and his possessions? Because he was a vessel. And you may have to very well lose some things and some things really go haywire in your life because you are a vessel. And God is using you because he knows this vessel won't crack. This vessel won't break. But this vessel is going to be full of the anointing. And when it comes through all this stuff, it's going to sh if it doesn't help but one, make it into the kingdom. Oh, it's worth it. You just say, oh, just one, just one. But what if everybody on the planet just won one? You know how many people are on this planet? I don't. I know it's a bunch. It's like billions, I think. I don't know. I don't keep up with stuff like that. But just think if everyone who was alive and breathing on the planet just won one person, how that number would double. It'd be a number that no man could number. That's what we're going to find in heaven one day. You can stand with me. I'm going to finish right here. I want you to understand what you do matters. Be consistent. Be consistent. Oh, there's, oh, there's a lot to be said for, for talent and anointing. Oh, yeah, you want people that know how to do things, absolutely. But what good are people who know how to do stuff that never show up? Brother Bar's church, there was a guy at that church, but he could play that piano and sing. Oh, he could just, he could, man. And every week, back then, we had special singing, you know. And so you'd walk up there before service, there'd be about 10 or 12 pieces of paper up here with people's names on it. That brother so-and-so sang tonight. And he'd always have two or three requests, you know. So, And I remember, it'd be Sunday morning, I'd be lead service, I'd say, brother, got a request for you to sing. He'd be sitting on the back row and he'd go. Just wrinkle his nose up and shake his head no. What am I supposed to say now? All right. So sister so-and-so, you come sing one. And I'm thinking, he did that a couple times. I quit asking him. I just stopped. I said, a man that's got that talent, people want to hear him. It blesses their souls when he does it. And, and, but what good is it? Sitting back there just letting it go to waste. And I thought, I can promise you, buddy, whenever I saw his name, I just threw it in the trash. I said, I'm not asking you a single time. Strike three, you out. That's it. 
Maybe that was wrong. But I, I said, man, there's people that want to do something for God, that want to be there. And then, I said, and then here's somebody that people just, I'm not going to beg you. And I don't believe God's going to beg you. you got a gift, man. You ought to be ready sitting on the front row. Hey, I'm going to jump up here and sing because I'm, I'm probably going to get a request. I, I'm just ready. He should have been volunteering. Is there anything I can do on the platform today because he could play and sing? He got just been ready. I want you to know what you do matters for the Lord. Everything you do. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Paul said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, I know you're going through stuff. I'm going to fill in some blanks here. I know you're going through stuff. I know you're hurt. I know you're sick, discouraged. I know that life has just punched you in the gut. You don't know what to do. But I'm saying, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, you always work for God no matter what else is going on. For as much as you know, you should know this, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In other words, nobody works for God for free. God rewards his people. And as you need to know, nobody works for God. Peter and him wondered that. Oh, we've left everything to follow you. What shall we have? And he began to tell him. And you might work through the heat of the day and somebody might come in and work the last hour, but they're all going to get paid. God does not let people work for him for free. He's going to bless them in some way. So keep on keeping on. Keep doing what God called you to do. Let's lift our hands and pray. Precious Jesus, we love you this morning. and What an example that you have set before us. Lord, how that you endured the cross. That you walked that hill, God. That you went through it all till you could finally say, it is finished. Lord, I pray that same desire and fervency will be in each one of us. That we will not stop until we know without a doubt we can say, it is finished. Let us be faithful. Let us be consistent. And Lord, let us do everything you called us to do. Strengthen us, Lord, in those times when we're struggling. Help us in those times, Lord, when we're weak. Lord, give us faith, Lord, when we feel hopeless. God, we're going to just praise you for it. We're going to hear you say, well done. And that's going to be worth it all. So, Lord, help us today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Praise God. Let's just lift our hands for a second and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Won't you thank him for calling you into this way of life? Hallelujah. Keep believing. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah.
beautiful song and what a beautiful message. You'll be fine. Just keep believing. God's going to come through. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. Get ready to just hear from the Lord. Amen? God bless you.